I Could Murder a Podcast is proudly part of the ACAST Creator Network. For hundreds of extra minisodes and other content, along with our private Discord server and live Q&As, exclusive merch and much more, consider subscribing to icmap.co.uk. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes, while the Golden Glow Body Trio nourishes and smooths skin all over. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off your first order site-wide. Warning. The following episode contains subject matter and scenes that some viewers may find upsetting, disturbing, or unnerving. Please note, viewer discretion is advised at all times. Sit back and enjoy. I've been thinking, like trying to figure out, how am I going to do it? Do I do it standing up? Do I sit down here, put it between my legs? Because that's the biggest question is how much kick does this gun have? And, you know, I've, I've been thinking of like doing the Eric Harris way sitting down between the knees and poof. Four people are dead after a murder-suicide shooting in Northeast Pennsylvania. This happened just before one this morning at a supermarket outside of Scranton. Picture dousing myself with gasoline and shooting myself as soon as I light the fucking fire. Most likely not going to survive that as long as your aim's good. It's all about your aim. If you have shitty aim, Fuck you. This happened last night at the Weiss Market in Eaton Township. Investigators say that Randy Stair brought two shotguns into the store in a duffel bag. He pulled them out of the bag and opened fire, killing three of his workers. Get to know your guns before you take your own life, because if you miss just by that little bit, you're a fucking vegetable. State police are now looking at Randy Stair's digital footprint. It turns out YouTube videos of Stair preparing for the attack have been found. Police also say there are journal entries that showed his planned attack, planned the attack for several months. Back to another I Could Murder a podcast episode number four of series five. Ben, you've got some big news, haven't you? <laughs> have I? Yeah. You were saying just off camera. Big news? Yeah. Well, what have I missed? What do you mean, what have you missed? Don't be shy. Say hey. it. You have some big news. You can't yeah. wait to tell the audience of I Could Murder a podcast. Let's hear it. I can't wait to hear it. Go on. Don't be shy about it. 
Why? What have I done? <laughs> what have you done? That's the question. Hey, producer Dan, how are you doing? Yeah, very good. Thanks, we, Tommy. Yeah, what do you think about Ben's big, big thing? I am so pumped to hear yeah, it because you came into the studio all full of beans and like, boys, I want to fucking just tell you something. Exactly. Okay. A lot of springs in the step. I'm a dad. <laughs> are you? Well, no, 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 I'm not. Hello and welcome back to I Could Murder a Podcast, episode number four of series five. I'm Tom Norris and I'm joined by Lover Lover Man, mm. Ben Carter. Mr. Lover Lover. It's good to, it's good to <laughs> be not, here. He's not from Yorkshire, is he? Uh, Shaggy. 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 From go, go to stairs, Shaggy. It wasn't me, but in Yorkshire, but that was more, you know, <laughs> anyway. It wasn't in me. It, it wasn't in me, Cocker. Valentine's Day has just happened. What, what did yeah. you get up to? You know, man like me, lots of plans scheduled. Yeah. Couldn't fulfil them all. I bet. Um, Thank God so, there's a pause button, though, eh? <laughs> hey. <laughs> now, nah, go on. What, you, what did you do? Oh, just a long walk. A few long walks. Several. To the Lover's Lane? Since I mentioned Lover's Lane, the roundabout, it's been vastly populated. So, third of the way through the series already. How quickly has this happened? Time flies when you're talking about crime. That's, what, that's what people say, isn't it? I've heard it said cool producer dan how are you doing uh very good welcome back to boston sound boys thank you so much for letting us in back. it's quite warm in the studio today it we got here really as well warm, isn't it? we're making outlandish jokes as we entered to find he's not he wasn't sat at the producer's chair it's just an empty chair he usually sits in the big chair spins around with a little white cat and cackles uh, but today he wasn't in there was... meow <laughs> yeah exactly that's the sound a cat makes um <laughs> So I hope we hope you all had a lovely Valentine's Day like our Ben here. Yep. And uh, Super busy. Did you talk over your date or you'd let <laughs> And we hope you guys enjoyed last week's episode of Robert Picton. Yeah. Uh, proceeding Robert Hansen. A lot of Roberts this series. Mm. A lot of Bobbies, Bobs, Robs, Robbies. We're bobbing for Robs. Your Valentine's Day, you were bobbing for Nobs. <laughs> no, numbers. So yeah, two serial killers called Robert already this series. We're moving on to a Randy Valentine's. So, and also some very exciting news. We now officially have new items in the merch store. We got jumpers, we got shirts, and we got posters designed by our boy Phil Witten. Yeah, this episode especially is going to go into the animators' world. You know, we speak very highly of our guy Phil, and he's done a tremendous job with all of our merch: t-shirts, jumpers, posters, badges, candles, tote bags, caps, sticker packs. Bundle deals. Literally all the merch. All the merch, yeah. Yeah, big shout out to Phil. And why not head over there and support us in a different way where you can get something physically to make you warmer. There you go. That's icmap.store. That's the uh, that's the address of our shop. It sure is, Ben. There you go. It store is. And another massive thank you to Gully Garms for dressing us for the series. This week we've got a lovely retro green Hummel. Looks German. Yep. Sports shirt. And I have got a lovely red... San Francisco. Yeah, your tailgate in. Yeah. You're you're waiting for those 69ers to play. Yeah. uh, Or 49ers. Yeah. (laughs) Freudian. But yeah, big shout out to our friends at Gully Gums. Why not head over there and use our code MURDER for 20% off these vintage gums. Someone described Ben in a comment the other day as dressing like syrup. And I don't know what that means. Dressing like syrup. Syrup's not that smooth. Sticky. Awkward. Look like you've been on a dance floor for a little bit too long. Yeah. Mm. But they said, I'm sure they meant it in a... Nice way. Um, (laughs) So this week's case, Tom, the case of Randy Stare. Interesting chap. I'm sure you guys have worked this out. Every series, me and Ben both pick the cases. So we do 12, one picks six, one picks five, and then you guys pick the other case. Which, by the way, 
we'll probably be doing that again this series. So if you aren't already, why not follow us on our socials? Instagram, Twitter. Instagram is where we do the voting. Wow. At Could Murder a Pod. I just remembered it. Fantastic. So yeah, this one, this case was picked by Ben, uh, yeah. Randy Stair. I didn't really know a great deal about it. It is a very interesting case. What draw you to this case? So this case itself, it's one that the perpetrator intended to be this big, massive mainstream media case, wanted to get all of the headlines. It didn't quite go that way, which we'll, we'll go on to discuss. Would you say he's, he's a modern day Casanova killer? Yeah. But less Casanova, but, but more. Less Casa and more Nova. Um, I don't know what he drove. But no, I think I think what's fascinating about this one is it, it it should be a much more wider known case, and some people argue that it is really well known. But what was fascinating to me is the amount of footage and content left by Randy Stair mm. that you can now have you know full access to and, and wade your way through, which we have done, especially against the rest of the cases we've covered so far. A lot of big. Um, high-profile serial killers. I think what was really interesting about Randy Stair is that the case itself has been described as a goldmine for psychologists and fans of true crime due to the sheer volume of material that was left by Randy Stair. So we're going to make our way through that. So basically the fascinating element is the amount of content that was left behind by him, intentionally left behind, that really gives you an insight into how quickly things can spiral. I think as well, he purposely did certain acts on his videos that he wanted people to kind of dissect and take understanding away from it. it like there's lots of layers to what he did as well and what we've recorded. So yeah. it's very, it's very interesting to see. And it's very, it's very um, disconcerting seeing it as well, the spiral and leading to where he got to. But obviously we're going to get go into all of that. But it is, it is a very interesting case and a very different case to, I'd say, to what we've covered previously. Yeah, I think this one stands out compared to the rest. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to go through our usual format. We're going to talk about his early life. We're going to talk about, you know, the fact of whether or not there were any warning signs or kind of potential red flags. Then before we get into the timeline, we're going to talk about certain events that transpired in his life, both as a YouTuber and in his personal life that really kind of went on to form these warped sort of aspirations that he had to harm people. I think another interesting thing is that he's dealing with some inner turmoil, which we've never uh, explored on the podcast as well, in terms of identity as well. Obviously, that plays a big part into why he decides to do what he does. And we're going to go on to discuss uh, various mental health aspects of the case. We're really excited for Dr. Das's clinical input, but we we had over the kind of festive and New Year period also, we've been in, in and out of lockdowns. A lot of people reach out to say that the podcast has been a really good outlet for them as well. Remember in the episode when you said, we're nearly out of lockdown? Oh, yeah, that's like three years ago. Other than that, I'm all good. I mean, we're coming towards hopefully now the end of lockdown nationally, globally. Globally not, sorry, but nationally. It's looking all right. Throughout this episode, the the topic of mental health is going to come up frequently. And with that in mind, we had a lot of people reach out to us over kind of the winter period, stating that the podcast was a bit of an outlet for them and people enjoy listening to it. It's an escapism for them. And we really, really appreciate that. And for as long as you guys are willing to listen to us and watch us, uh, we will absolutely be here to continue to make content for you guys. So that meant a lot, those messages. Yeah, it's amazing thing, this podcast that we do kind of, we, you know, we are in Boston Sound. It's kind of easy to kind of forget that people are watching this and digesting the content and enjoying the content and to think it's helped some people is amazing. So yeah, we appreciate those messages and we hope everyone is doing well. But before we jump into the case of Randy Stair, we want to say a massive thank you to this week's sponsor, which is our good friends over at Manscaped. So Ben, 4 million men across the world use Manscaped. So that's 8 million shaved balls, which is quite an intimidating thing to think about just dangling there so of course there's a great reason why they're all using Manscaped and I'm starting to see Manscaped everywhere UFC football podcasts and at home because I've got a set in the changing rooms 
and now Manscaped have upped their game once again with the Performance Package 4.0. Take a look at that bad boy. For the little gift bag that it comes in, mm-hmm. complete with brand new pair of boxes. Yep. Brand new. Wow, look at those boxes. Yeah. I did say, and I completely mean it, these are the comfiest boxes I've ever owned. These aren't they my are ones. Soft. These, yeah. these are Ben's. But they honestly... Like, oh, they were made by clouds. I get excited when they come out of the wash. I'm like, move out of the way! I'm putting them on now. They are very comfy. So just imagine, these on you, fresh out the wash, yep. fresh out the packet. You've got a nice bit of ball toner on you. Oh, yeah. You've also got the crop reviver. Wow. Go. Whoa. You could swim through butter. If you wanted to, you'd just go straight through, smooth as a dove. <laughs> and obviously, we're getting older. People talk a lot about looking after your skin, moisturising. This is basically the equivalent of that, but for your goodies down below. Yeah, because some people are getting quite wrinkly, quite low. Mm-hmm. They need any help they can get. Yeah. So Manscaped is here to give you a helping hand and help you find your best self down there. Mm-hmm. Trial a new haircut up there, but why not trial a new haircut down there? There you go. You know, listeners of the podcast have said that we don't sound like we have facial hair. I don't know what that means. But we're a hairy couple of guys, and our good friends at Manscaped always keep us in check. Yeah, now you haven't got a couple of hairy guys down there. There you go. Well, depends on the... Well, listen to this. I think that's the answer to your question. <laughs> no further questions, Your Honour. So why not get 20% off and free worldwide shipping at manscaped.com using our code ICMAP. Your bollocks will be the bollocks. Fresh and clean. So this week is the case of Randy Stair, the Danny Phantom Killer. So Randy Robert Stair was born on September 17th, 1992 in Pennsylvania, America, where he would go on to live in the small town of Dallas, Pennsylvania. I knew there was a Dallas in Texas, Mm. didn't know there was a Dallas in Pennsylvania, the more that you know. He was the older of two boys born to Robert and Laurie Ann Stair, and he had a younger brother called Jeremy. So Robert and Laurie Ann were said to be average middle-class parents whose primary focus was very much on their two boys. They were well-liked by the rest of the families in the neighbourhood and they were said to be, you know, a fairly typical American household. Nothing out of the ordinary there and no clear alarm bells from the off. We'll go on to talk about the dad a little bit more shortly. The family home as well, very nice, yeah. big garden. Big, it? you know, lots of place to roam. Yeah, always Often work. consequences of that in the cases we've covered. We're having a big garden. Just having a big bit of land, go and explore... Boys will be boys, and then you end up with a Robert Picton. That has a nice big garden. Lovely big garden, yep. Got a pond. Yeah. He's got a pond, Don't want to dig that up. Woo! (laughs) Yeah. Worms. So as a child, Randy was initially very shy and very quiet and very much an introvert. He did have friends, but he preferred to play by himself. He didn't like to work with other people, did he? He He liked to very much be on his own, be very independent by choice. Yeah, so a lot of articles we read, documentaries we watched, do paint him very much as a loner. I think he still had the option of forming fairly large friendship groups, but he was he was much more content on his own. Randy would often stare up at the ceiling when greeted by his teachers or the parents of his colleagues, so quite socially awkward in that aspect. He later stated that this was due to the fact that he simply didn't like to be acknowledged. Yeah. Mm. I get I don't like small talk. Like I really don't enjoy small talk, but How you been? Mm. Yeah, it does. It does great on me. Ah. People were keen to talk to him. He wasn't keen to talk to them. Yeah, they said the word loner, but as I said, it's kind of something that he very much forced himself into being that way. 
he didn't like the interaction there. His childhood didn't seem to have any red flags or any big things there. He, he seemed to live a relatively normal childhood. He wasn't diagnosed with any mental health um, difficulties as well at that time. They just kind of, he likes to be by himself. He likes to be by, on his own. Maybe he's not as sociable as the other kids. And that's kind of how, how they left it. And despite the fact that he had a younger brother, Jeremy, there's not much information available about Jeremy. He would pr often prefer to socialise with Jeremy's friends rather than friends of his own. Although still he would maintain that distance. The brothers had shared in interests as they got older so they were both very much into cartoons and television Nickelodeon Nickelodeon was a big thing and they would eventually go on to be very interested in making content and skits of their own and as you said lovely big household lovely big garden roaming about exploring so one event in Randy's life that could have perhaps assisted with this social anxiety and feeling like he wants to be by himself was when he was in kindergarten he broke his collarbone and he was unable to take part in, in sports in you know kind of group activities and he kind of got it in his head that people didn't want him to be part of it anyway it wasn't because of the collarbone it was more to do with him it's been stated that it was just very much you know he had to be let it heal and yeah. to go stronger nasty bone to break i'd imagine oh it is never broken any bone but that one would be one i'd like to avoid breaking if you had any bone you could break fingers yeah easy yep yeah toes would hurt more i imagine because no do you reckon you'd rather break your toe than your finger yeah have you done both then no either i've dislocated a toe oh that sounds hideous i don't even give a shit Ooh. You're hard, showing off. How did you dislocate a toe? I was running up the stairs and... I know you said you didn't like small talk. Toes are fairly small. Uh, I was running up the stairs and the, the toe next to the big toe hit the top step. The second biggest toe. Yeah, I've never heard it called that before. I don't know why. But yeah, it, hit, it, hit, it clipped the top step and basically kind of just... Oh. On its way out. So I got someone yeah. to pull it and pop it in. And then I didn't know if it was in, so I went... The I, toe. I taped it... Oh. I taped a slipper to my foot because I couldn't put it in a shoe. It was really cold out. It was fine. It was already in place. So the hospital didn't, didn't yeah. have a lot to do. But. Dan, have you ever broken a bone? Broke my leg, jumped off a log. There you go. I knew I remembered it for some of my Christmas oh, quiz. Yeah. So interestingly at the time, by a freak coincidence, one of Randy's classmates also broke his collarbone at the same time. I don't know what was going on at, at this school, mm. but another broken collarbone. Another collarbone jousting. Could have been. You know, the information is, is not out there. There could have been the broken collarbone crew. Both boys, collarbones broken, arm in a sling, couldn't get involved with physical activity. They became, they kind of bonded over that. They could have um, both put the arm around each other and then between them. Yeah. The best basketball player in class. Yeah. Basketball player in class. Putting on a session. What did you do? You didn't help me at all. That was all me. Cheering you on. Uh, uh, oh, my bad. Dead weight. And though the boys would form a bit of a bond over the uh, shared interest in collarbone uh, recovery, once they'd healed, they went their separate ways. Um, so it's the first kind of glimpse into maybe a friendship there, but like all good things, it came to an end. Mm -hmm. So yeah, around this time, he didn't enjoy socialising or being in any environments where multiple people were, were present. At school, though, he was a very fast learner and he was an intelligent young man. He would not participate actively during classes and would often cry when his parents dropped him off at school. So that's maybe something the parents you'd hope had followed up at the time i guess that's something that could be looked at as not what kid enjoys school yeah. if he's explaining the reasons why he's crying it could just be a case of he doesn't want to go yeah. i'm sure oh, if he, if he collarbone but if it was a case of oh, i don't want to go go to school because i'm being bullied or whatever yeah. i'm sure that they would have looked that into more detail yeah, but, fair um, enough. And, it, and he didn't really encounter any kind of full-on boiling i mean the word i've used here is mild bullying he was mildly picked on never really seemed to properly hold a grudge with anyone because of that he, he didn't didn't kind of move, influence his sociality as a youngster he did feel like an outcast but as tom said he didn't really view you know the fact that he was a loner or an outcast as a problem he was quite happy on it you know 
with his own devices. He felt like he didn't fit into social norms and didn't have any close friendships or people to confide in. That was until third grade when Randy would actually go on to make a female friend that he would refer to as Kelly in his later videos. He was very kind of adamant he didn't want to name her in the videos. And they would spend a lot of time together at school. They didn't ever meet up outside of school, but Kelly was actually the first person to tell him all about sex. So he'd learn what sex was through Kelly. But eventually they would go on to drift apart and go to different high schools. Yeah, obviously he mentioned her in, in future videos he did on YouTube. Obviously she had a big impact on him. And yeah, he found someone he, he could speak to and kind of like he enjoyed spending time with, which was rare for him at that stage. Definitely a rarity for him. He didn't have any kind of lasting relationships with anyone, both within school and also in his family. And in terms of having a boyfriend or a girlfriend, obviously his sexual identity will will go over in some more detail later in the episode. But this kind of interaction with Kelly was a, a huge moment in his life. So as Randy got older, his shyness continued. He wasn't able to shake that. When he would get home from school, he'd still go straight to his bedroom and didn't want to talk to anyone, which is relatively... Fairly normal. Fairly normal behaviour. The parents didn't see that as anything to worry about, and neither did his brother. But yeah, he was isolating himself more and more as the years went by. Um, he was even so socially awkward, he was even unable to speak to his own family on the phone. When his grandmother would call, he wouldn't want to talk to her. Yeah, I can, I can relate to that. I was very, very... I still am a fairly shy guy, but used to, when I went... At, out to the shops when you first start going to town as a as a as a youngster used to get up my friends and my family to to buy things for me with my money because i didn't want to go to the counter just shy yeah i didn't like being served by people at counters either would have been a nightmare if we went together yeah but before we continue we want to say a huge thank you to our sponsor wine 52 yeah tommy boy how does some free wine sound to you that sounds more than ideal now's the time to join your new favorite wine club wine 52 it's a discovery club all about showcasing the very best wine from different regions different places and different tastes and textures so each month wine 52 send you three bottles of wine two delicious snacks and also glug magazine which goes into a bit more detail about the wine so you can become a real wine know-it-all and i have to say i opened up my package immediately and there's some fantastic choices in there the little snacks were so tasty we had the onion bargy bits were ooh. onion bargy bits and some smoked corn which was absolutely delicious and you you, you were particularly a big fan of the red weren't you dan yeah uh, this package we had a gorgeous red called rouge and it went down a treat so not everyone likes red and white wine when with wine 52 you can specify if you prefer whites if you prefer reds and they can cater it to your choice. And if you sign up through us using the link www.wine52.com forward slash murder, you can get a free case. There's no minimum commitment. And if it's not for you, you can pause or cancel at any time. So why not join me and producer Dan in this swanky wine club at www.wine52.com forward slash murder and get your free case today. And now back to the episode. So as well as his shyness, he would also experience a lot of confusion as a youngster and as though he was missing something when he would view, you know, other children at the school socialising and building relationships as he was going into his teenage years, boyfriends and girlfriends. That would sort of stimulate a lot of inner conflict for him. He would despise having to work on uh, kind of group projects with other children in the class as well. Uh, a quote of his from reflecting on the time was, I desperately wanted people to like me, but at the same time, leave me alone completely. It was something beyond just being an introvert i felt lost so from a very early age randy would start having thoughts about death which that's something quite different i mean yeah growing up i'd never don't think i ever ever sat there kind of you obviously think you know it crosses your mind what happens after in the afterlife and whatnot it's usually like the loss of a first pet or first mm. family member that then strikes that conversation but, but allegedly randy would uh fantasize about dying in a plane crash similar to 
to the 9-11 attacks in America just because that would be an instant death. Randy was just eight years old at the time when that happened. So it's, it's, it's a very peculiar thing to be to be thinking about and daydreaming about his death. And I guess as parents, you probably hope that's just a phase that'll pass. But sadly, this is something that would stay constantly on his mind from this kind of this stage onward. So this would also factor into his school life as well. So Randy would write multiple short stories wherein uh, Randy would kill off almost all characters at the end of each story in a fairly brutal fashion. Teachers never raised this as a concern and put it down to the fact that Randy was a very creative individual. The fact that it was happening again and again and again, like multiple, multiple stories, always resulting in death. Yeah, in his later videos, he would actually talk about this and discuss how he's kind of, it was as if he was putting that in there in order for someone to pay attention, in order for it to be a conversation to be had, as if he was leaving hints of kind of where he was mentally, but no one seemed to pick up on it. As as Ben said, they thought he was just being creative and that was just his creative outlet and that was, you know, the kind of genre of of writing they was interested in. But um, yeah, he seemed to be very prized or slightly angered by the fact that no one was no one was picking up on that so this was something very prominent in in randy's life from a very early age so one of the earliest home movies that we were able to find has an exchange i believe it's randy and his brother but it might be randy and one of his one of his schoolmates the exchange is basically randy saying so why don't you just kill yourself and then the friend says it's not that easy not just me but all the people that made me suffer and randy says why do you want to die so much it's good to be living And the friend says, no, it's not. Now, obviously, they might just be saying that and having that conversation for the camera, but they are very, very young at this point, and it's said with a lot of sincerity as well. Strange exchange for two young kids to have. Yeah, you'd hope that the parents were to see the video or anything, they'd they'd ask questions and obviously check in on him. Nothing was seeming to jump out at at them as to being a red flag. As you said, it was a very kind of normal household. There there has been some allegations from Randy in terms of how his father would treat him and how he used to berate him and verbally bully his son for not finding a full-time job and not meeting expectations of him and kind of always being in the house, not being social. Obviously, without being there, it's it's hard to judge, but if he's socially isolated as well, you can take things the wrong way. Maybe he was just trying to find a way to connect with his son Mm -hmm. with a bit of, I hate the word banter, but... It could be, but all we're going by is what what um, Randy said in his videos about his relationship with his dad and how it kind of it wasn't you know wasn't a perfect relationship. Yeah, and he will go on to talk about his two final videos, and in particular, he would aim a lot of the blame at his father for the way he interacted with him. He said, "I'm I'm your son, and you don't know a fucking thing about me." Called his dad every name under the sun in terms of putting blame at his feet. But I think from dissecting kind of the uh, the final two videos and the blame that he does place uh, at his father his dad very much wanted kind of a jockey someone into horses quite small yeah, stature agile yeah yeah basically someone who's into the sports kind of more yeah. of a in brackets manly man so like his teachers reading the stories with all the death in there randy was very annoyed about the fact that his parents were picking up on kind of his behavior and, and as well his moods and they were completely oblivious to kind of his interests and i think we're going to go on to some of his interests as well and it seemed like his interests weren't anything they were interested in it probably was a very you know if, if the dad was into sport having a son who gets very much into my little pony the you know kind of the bronies get into the kind of brony culture that's obviously something that his dad's not gonna be able to relate to or understand or even bond with his son over and i think the brony culture is kind of built up on being a bit of an outsider and and just wanting it's a, it's a nice community for people who probably didn't feel like they were part of something as well which kind of highlights where where randy was as well yeah, and it's his, his eldest born. You'd think the father would still, despite their differences, maybe make an effort regardless. My dad listens to the podcast for me, so that's nice. So, 
he would go on to say that he constantly feels as if he was a, a disappointment to his dad and would never add up to being, you know, to being the type of person that his dad wanted him to be. And that's where a lot of this inner hatred for his own family would come from. And some of the words he uses to describe his dad in the final video is, it's, yeah, spicy language. I don't see why it was such a big fucking deal because I was still part-time at the store. I was still making money, you fucking whore. I was making fucking money. I wasn't just sitting around doing nothing. I was virtually full-time at the fucking store as a part-time fucking worker, you goddamn And you make it out to be like I wasn't doing anything with my fucking life. Kiss my fucking ass. The prime example of people I hate in this world. You think you know how it all works. You don't know jack shit. You're lucky I didn't fucking blow your goddamn head off. Very easily could have. Could have walked right into your room when you're about to fall asleep and blow your goddamn head off and then went to the fucking store. Very easily could have done that. But I didn't. Because I wanted you to fucking suffer. And suffer hard. I hated him. Didn't even want to look at him. And then all he seemed to care about was like me getting a full-time job and making money and then trying to move out of the house and start my own life and all this shit, which I knew I never, I was never going to do. Prime example of people I hate in this world. Prime example of someone who could be nice and happy and easygoing and joking one day to better straighten out your life the next. I thought I could be bipolar too, but good lord. I hate my profession. I want to quit. Find another job. That's what you tell me to do. You hated your job for years. What'd you do? You took it out on your family. Way to go. That's definitely the answer to all your problems, isn't it? You hear that? That's me clapping and applauding from the heavens above. When's the last time you ever said you were proud of me? When's the last time you ever said I love you? And I'll tell you one thing. Back in elementary school, middle school, I used to worry about dad dying the most out of anyone in this house because I loved him back then. But once high school took off and college and all that, and I... I found it impossible to love them anymore. And I just started hating guys more than anything. So if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist. 
specialist to find out if it's right for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. As we said, Randy was struggling to kind of find a male role model in his household. He wasn't feeling, he didn't fit in. He obviously had the bronies, but he states in the document that he always dreamed of being someone cool, like a cartoon character. He said, every kid watched and looked up to someone in his or her life. It didn't take long for my interest in television to grow. I frequently envisioned myself as a character from a television show, Randy says. But in particular, he got very, very obsessed with the cartoon called Danny Phantom, which was on Nickelodeon. One that I had never seen. Never heard of, no. No. Apparently he was also very keen on Fairly Odd Parents, who would draw characters from that. He's always very, very into his drawing as well. So the Nickelodeon cartoon Danny Phantom, a show wherein the main character, Danny Fenton. So Danny Fenton was once a typical kid until he accidentally blew up his parents' laboratory and became ghost hunting superhero Danny Phantom. Now half ghost, Danny's picked up paranormal powers, but only his sister, Jazz, and best friend, Samantha and Tucker, know his secret. So he's fighting ghosts and saving Casper High. And this was, yeah, something that he got very obsessed with, that kind of, that idea. Sounds like an alright show. Yeah, Nickelodeon have, have have done some good ones. Ed, Ed and Eddie. That was Cartoon Network. That's Cartoon Network, yeah. Uh, Cat Dog. Yeah. Ren and Stimpy, Rocco's Modern Life. Hey Arthur. Hey, uh, hey Arnold. Hey Arnold. Arthur. <laughs> that wasn't on there, but... Um, more of a Cartoon Network. Dexter's Lab. Cartoon Network, yeah. Yeah, more of a Cartoon Network guy. That's fine. But before we continue, we'd like to say thanks to our sponsor, NordVPN. Tom, do you know what a VPN is? Yes, Dan, I'm sure you won't be surprised, but I am fully aware what a VPN is. And I know it is a must. If you shop online, if you browse the internet on your phone regularly using public Wi-Fi, this is something that you need. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Nowadays, people don't like to be tracked and watched. And this is one of the main reasons they use a VPN. When a VPN is active, when you're browsing online, your traffic is encrypted. uh, No one can see what you're doing. No one can interfere in any way. Yes, NordVPN doesn't just have your back in terms of encrypting and keeping you safe. Another great perk of NordVPN is you can change your location settings which for me has been absolute godsend for this podcast i can change my netflix settings to so i'm in america so i'm watching american netflix which has a lot more true crime documentaries on there so for my research it's really helped me out that's a great shout because i'm getting quite bored with my netflix at the moment so uh, to open it up would be fantastic why not try australia's netflix or Mm. or even canada's maybe and last month nordvpn turned 10 Happy birthday, Nord. Uh, Go on, Nord. And they've hooked us up with a great deal. So if you head over to nordvpn.com forward slash ICMAP or use the code ICMAP, you can get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus one additional month for free plus a cheeky bonus gift. I mean, it's their birthday and they're giving you a gift. That's nuts. Go on, Nord. (laughs) It's also worth noting it's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. And now back to the episode. So this cartoon, although it sounds, you know, someone, someone can like a cartoon, and I'm sure a lot of people said they've been obsessed by a show before, mm-hmm. but this was very much a next level. And this is when he was introduced to one character, 
Ember McLean. And Randy would go on to claim that he instantly felt something change within him when he first laid eyes on Ember. Yeah, so this is arguably the biggest moment of uh, of Randy's life when he encounters this cartoon character, Ember McLean. He immediately identified with her. He was already obsessed with the show, but once her character was introduced, yeah, he was completely struck by her. He goes on to say that this woman always connected with me ever since I first saw her, something changed. It was like a spark and it just connected with me. It made me feel warm inside and it felt very familiar, which was strange. It was like I had seen her before. And I think this was down to Randy seeing a lot of himself in her as well. And he empathized with her quite a great deal. She was actually a a villain character that that played the guitar, but she was a ghost. So Ember was uh, technically a baddie. Technically a baddie, villain. Nowadays, baddie means... Yeah, kind of. All right. She was a baddie. She was a baddie. But with Ember, there was a spark, eh? There you go. There you go. Um, And... uh, She was basically a villainous musician who craved attention and gained power from people chanting her names. Not not to kind of downplay it all, but I mean, obviously the kind of because you look if you look at Randy and you described his kind of dress sense, you'd probably say he'd fit into a category over here. You'd probably class as emo-y or in our day it was greb, emo greb, yeah, emo grebby kind of like rock music, yeah, an, Um, an alternative chap, yeah. And if you look at Ember, it's kind of gothy and kind of which is you know that kind of that fits within that kind of category as well so it's kind of an outsider someone you can understand why he kind of he kind of saw himself in her a bit if you kind of shrink that down you know that's nice he's found something he really enjoys he's found something he he connects with and he can kind of look up to and be inspired by you can't see where that can go wrong like where where's that going to lead you to a point where that's dangerous or a bad thing even if his parents are like oh why is he drawing all these pictures on the wall just a fan yeah just a fan the only possibly odd link is the fact that this character was technically dead so she was a ghost but obviously his parents aren't gonna my brother used to bloody love casper there you go well he preferred the the brothers casper was a bit of a loser speaking of brothers that are ghosts uh the marley brothers christmas carol big fans of them uh yeah yeah um so it's okay to like ghosts (laughs) your brain so yeah being obsessed with that cartoon no red flags no being obsessed with the Columbine shootings, red flag. You can have a you can have a morbid interest and just kind of be intrigued. And obviously, that's what we do here. We talk about cases and we go in depth on it because it's something we find interesting. And hopefully, you do as well. We, we never say we really like this person who committed this crime. Yeah. Where he saw Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold, and he saw a bit of himself. Yeah. There, which that's when you start thinking there's something uh, a bit darker at play here. Yeah, he saw a lot of similarities, particularly with with Eric Harris. Um, he would be frequently posting on various forums filled with Columbiners. He basically felt that Eric had gone through everything that he'd gone through, all the struggles and challenges that he had gone through. So yeah, so he saw a lot of um, himself in 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 Eric and Dylan, and also in one of his journal entries wrote that he'd wish he had had the chance to meet them. He has had various social anxieties and battles with. Um, uh, depression. He's had some potentially suicidal thoughts as well. So he's yeah, he's been, been obsessed with death for a very long time, which obviously you imagine it goes hand in hand a little bit. Yeah, and he's and he's now in a cycle wherein he's going from, as we've often covered, he's going from an unhappy environment at school into an unhappy environment at home, and this is now bubbling to the surface where it's going to take a, a fairly dark turn. Yeah, and his his only escape seems to be in in the world of make believe as well. So now we're going to look at the timeline for Randy Stare, the Danny Phantom Killer. 9th of June 2008, Stare launched his YouTube channel called Pioneers Productions, where he would stream himself playing different games, as well as skits with a toy horse head on a stick he named Mr. Horsehead. 
That's kind of name you would come up with. Horse's head on a stick, I would go with Gallop. You, I don't like the fact that you thought that was a good name when you said it. No, it's just better than horse head, isn't it? What, did you have a, t- a teddy bear when you were little? Yes. What was it called? Uh, Mr. Teddy Bear Head. <laughs> teddy. Go on. No, How un- don't you unnamed. Know, you name, unnamed Teddy. It's above my fridge. My dad got it the day I was born from over the road from the hospital, and it's never been named. Maybe let us know in the comments below. What should Name ben, it, yeah. yeah. What should Ben's baby bear be called? Baby bear. Nope, not that. But anything else? Anything else? Okay. So his channel was light-hearted and meant to be funny. His subscribers would go there for entertainment and a laugh. Over the years, the channel introduced two more characters, such producer Dan and <laughs> Doctor Das. So over the years, the channel introduced two more characters, such as a stuffed whale toy who was first featured in the video, A Whale of a Party. Again, this is very Ben Carter jokes. And Froggy, who was just a plastic toy frog. Apparently he found the frog in a trolley outside the the shopping centre and it stunk of cigarettes. And he took it home, he cleaned it up and thought, I'm going to make you a star. Mm-hmm. So Pioneer Productions had 13,100 subscribers and over a million views. The channel has now been removed. So that's, I mean, from doing skits and whatnot, not bad, not bad yeah. innings. Be a peek behind the curtain. Um, this is the man formerly known as Noza. Oh, perhaps someone known as Noza on some of my socials. But yeah, I did. Yeah, I used to have my own channel doing yes. little... A lot of graft, isn't it? A lot of vlogs. Uh, yeah, a lot of graft in trying to be funny in intros. That's a wormhole you probably did. Well, there's quite a funny one going to Ben's house in Leeds. So one of the videos on this channel was titled Mr. Horsehead Meets Mr. Wooden Alligator. He's thinking of me every time you read these titles out. Yeah. I am, literally. <laughs> yeah, I knew it. And this managed to get his way onto an episode of Equals 3 by popular YouTuber Ray William Johnson, which was viewed by millions. I think he was very kind of uh, buzzing at this time. His stuff, he felt his stuff was getting out there. He was getting seen by lots of people, lots of comments. He had some discussions with other popular YouTubers online. He was kind of finding himself in, in a community where he was, you know, people were appreciating his effort and what he was into. He was able to film those skits by himself as well. He was all kind of, he was able to control all of this thing and all his brand. Like a lot of YouTubers do, they, they found their place and they found the place where they can you know, be creative and share ideas, be inspired and this seemed like a good outlet for him. Yeah, and if you watch some of his early videos which can still be found online although the channel's been removed he's super passionate about what he's doing there's loads of energy going into what he does. He refers to the people that follow his channel as fans of his. So he's definitely starting to feel a little bit like he's, he's, you know, as you said, found his feet and making his way. Maybe found a bit of a calling. So during this time, Randy was getting very obsessed with the cartoon characters that like we mentioned earlier with Danny Phantom. And the character Ember, just a bit more background on her, her character actually was a ghost who died when her house caught fire after being set up for a date. Bad day, that. So this is a time when he's getting really absorbed with these characters. He, he's, he's discovered his creative outlet with YouTube. He's getting into this kind of, as we said before, kind of bit of a made-up, uh, make-believe world. So September 2012, Randy also started another channel by the name of Worthless Toaster, dedicated to finding the original song Remember, which features on the soundtrack of Danny Phantom. This is a song that Ember sings and that Randy held very close to him. Today, the channel has over 5,000 subscribers and the content is still available online. 
So it's important to know Ember was kind of the bit character in this cartoon as well. Yeah, she yeah. wasn't on it regularly, so when she was on there doing the music and stuff, it wasn't like a constant feature, and that's why trying to find this song was so difficult. And it was something as a song that when he heard it, you know, he felt all this emotion and he wanted to find it to be able to share it with people. So it kind of became their little mission to kind of find that song. So two years later in 2014, Randy got a comment by a user named Smile for the Ghost saying they had found the HD quality version of the song Remember on the original singer's website. So one of the reasons why it was so hard to find this song. Uh, you know nowadays if you search anything on Google it'll be quite yeah Shazam Shazam an app but um, it, was, it took so long because the credits of the cartoon actually had misspelled the singer's name wrong so randy <coughs> uploaded the new video on the worthless sosa channel where it got over three million views over five years and now it sits over four million views so during this time as well randy would start going by the name andrew blaze he'd refer to himself by that name on his channels but also in the community and in the comments sections so randy posted this in the text when uploading the video snippets of this song were played in danny phantom's fanning the flames episode which aired in 2004. Since the day it aired, all that was released was a stripped-down mix from both Nickelodeon and Butch Hartman. The track was horribly degraded, vocals and instruments had little to no reverb and was as if the music was playing in a glass box. Fans have desperately awaited the true version of the song for almost 10 years. Still to this day, little is known about the production of the song and it saddens me that this was locked away from the public for this long. Subtle things are present that were missing in the Butch Erd, play on Butch Hartman's name, mix. Everything is so crystal clear, just wish we found the track sooner. So obviously he is very, very much a fan of this song, very proud of the fact he's found the audio, and obviously it's got three million views in over five years a lot of other people are engaging in the content so he's very very happy so 12th of january 2016 pioneer productions becomes egs productions slash egs world and this stands for ember's ghost squad as you said this kind of time he's drawn a lot of pictures of ember he's drawn pictures of his own characters and he's also drawn pictures of himself as andrew blaze as well so the first of september 2016 randy started the animated production ember's ghost squad the series consists of characters andrew blaze sydney sakur celesta reynolds mackenzie west allegro grave and others the premiere episode finding the purpose aired on youtube in which celesta reynolds and sydney sakur travel to earth on a mission that gets off to a rocky start randy began commissioning voice actors and animators and doing his own artwork for the new videos featuring a group of all-female ghosts done in the exact same art style of the Danny Phantom series. Randy believed that he was chosen by Ember to join her squad of female ghosts in a spiritual battle that waged throughout the dimensions. So very much inspired by Danny Phantom, the, the kind of art style of that. Reminds me a bit of like the Powerpuff Girls in style. Yeah, I think it's done by the same people that did um, Fairly Old Parents, isn't it? Ah, Faces that, would all, done. that would all make sense, yeah. All adds up. So he's obviously launched his own uh, animated series, Ember's Ghost Squad. Anything he has done and applied himself to, he goes he goes all in with. Um, and this is now, he's got drawings all over his bedroom, artwork of, that he's done of himself and of Ember. And this is now consuming his whole life. So as well, this time, Randy was still doing his videos, talking to, directly to camera. He was very vocal about his gender dysmorphia. Uh, he had voiced his frustrations of being a dis in a disgusting male body and how he longed to die so that he could take on his true form. When his parents would go out, he'd often wear his mother's clothing as well. This is something that was very prominent in the teenage years of Randy Stair. So in one later video, Randy would reference uh, every Wednesday evening when his parents would go out bowling and take his, his younger brother Jeremy with them, Randy would steal clothes from his mother's closet and dress up as 
as a woman, and every three days he would shave all of the hair from his body, which apparently he tried to make obvious to his parents as well, so he would leave razors. Yeah, he had, he had, he had a um, woman's razor on the side, and he questions why no one asked about that. What, like, he had, you know, lotions and whatnot that would also aid him in that, and it was never picked up upon it. Was, it they weren't hidden away. They were very much out in the open. Yeah, he was surprised by no one kind of asked about it. Yeah. He frequently wore female garments, including bras, under male clothing, and would reference the fact that he believed there was a female soul stuck inside the body of a male, clawing to get out, and that he would in fact become an animated female ghost after his death. So I don't know if there's something there in regards to you know, the character Ember herself being a ghost, and that's a and, you know, true form is after that, you know, what she had to go through to end in that form, whether that kind of thing is playing in his mind as well, that he's now not his true form, and if he wants to join Ember in that reality, he needs to do something drastic in order to get there. So at the time, Randy was very much questioning his gender identity, he was questioning his purpose in life, he felt very, very conflicted, and again, he had no one to talk to, no friends, no close relationships with family. I guess he was interacting with his fans quite a lot online, so he would reveal a lot about himself and what was going on in his, in his heart and mind at the time to them, but this is something he kept very internal. He would go on to say, I guess a proper term for me would be transgender, but I don't even fully agree on that. I'm legit a girl trapped inside a boy's body. I'm a femme soul. At the time as well, when he was when he was shaving his body hair every three days, he would also paint his body in white latex body paint, which he claimed would give him more of a ghost-like appearance so that he looked more like an animated character. So it was around this time that Randy began to hear voices. He explained in a few of his later videos that he started to hear Ember after a series of events. This is when a big event happens at his school, which really affects him. Going forward, whilst in high school, a popular kid died in a car crash. Randy took his classmates to sudden death harder than he expected to. He stated that he didn't even really know the person. And later on, he heard that another one of his schoolmates had died in another tragic car crash. Yeah, so there were a series of, of within quite a short time frame as well, so all within the period of a year. So it was actually two close friends of his younger brother, Jeremy. Mm. So there was a guy called Tom and a, and a guy called Matt, who both unfortunately uh, passed away from this, this car accident. Randy would later to write, Tom's death sucked the life out of me, but Matt's death killed me. And then several weeks later, Randy would also have his own car accident and, and it was a near miss. He wrote the car off, but he survived. And uh, I think this kind of had him questioning immortality and questioning life in general. And according to him, it, it was this moment that sent his mind on a dark turn. He began obsessing over death and hearing voices fueling de his desire to die young. And that's kind of the first time we mentioned that here. He's, he starts to Obviously, he's questioning if he's not in his true form. Uh, he wants to get, you know, he, th he believes that's when he's going to be feel truly, you know, happy and truly at peace with himself. And the way for him, in order for him to get there, he believes is by passing on. You know, the timeline in his head of, you know, how long he wants to wait for that to happen is starting to decrease. To go back to the the kind of uh, correlation with Ember, her animated character was a ghost or a spirit. She had like a glow, like a, a warpy, flamey glow to her. And so that made him want to end his life via setting himself on fire as well to have a similar appearance to her. So all of these thoughts were relating to Ember and relating to ending his life. It's scary just thinking that someone has the urge to want to set himself on fire. That in itself is just yeah. a horrible, horrible thing to imagine. So in late 2016, Randy began working on what would be his final video called Westboro High Massacre slash Goodbye, which featured Randy playing the character of Andrew Blaze and another Ember's Ghost Squad character, Rachel, perpetrating a mass shooting at a high school, likely based on Randy's own school where he claims to have been bullied. 
there had been multiple tape episodes called Conspiring a Massacre, in which Randy's character in the show and Rachel both conspired to shoot up Westboro High. So as well as him creating this Ember's Ghost Squad and all these characters and all these shows, another thing that Randy did at the time was basically create a Facebook account for the show, an Instagram account for the show, and I think there were seven different Twitter accounts, yeah. all for each character in the show. In which, and this kind of links to the, the element of schizophrenia. So he would maintain seven different Twitter accounts, make them talk to each other, like their tweets, retweet their tweets. And um, I think he became more and more and more immersed in the idea that these were real people, real lives. And now he's got his animated show to the point where, I mean, there are some clips available of where, because it was only partly animated, I believe. It wasn't a completely finished project, mm. but it is scary really scary there's it's very clearly columbine inspired as well um which makes it makes it haunting so as you mentioned with the columbine reference there um, we're going to go a bit more into that now between november 2016 and june 5th 2017 journal entries reveal that it was during this period that, that randy began to show admiration for the columbine shooters harrison klebold he participated in many group forums where he would talk about how he felt personally connected to one of the shooters eric harris he purchased three white t-shirts that said natural selection on them and would wear them all the time so the reference natural selection t-shirt was actually a t-shirt that harris wore on the day of the columbine shootings uh, randy also used the words i hate the fucking world in his first journal entry echoing the same sentence Harris used to start his own diary so obviously he was kind of mimicking him there as well leaving the razor out having the kind of elaborate um, death related um, stories he was writing and in the way he's behaving in front of his parents he, he was always like why is no one checking in on me or finding this bizarre or talking to me about this he thought the the natural wearing the natural selection t-shirt would be a big red flag yeah. but yeah no, no one had asked him about it um, no one had kind of he was constantly testing the waters with everything, everything mm. that he did. And again, it was a working class family. The parents both worked extensive hours. So maybe it was kind of out of sight, out of mind. They, you know, they kept his room door shut. He was always in there. They weren't close. The, the father and son relationship was just kind of fractured there. So yeah. maybe he had a lot more that he could get away with. And maybe they just didn't, they didn't notice any of it. So it's during this time that Randy began planning to take his own life. He told his YouTube viewers that he wouldn't be around much longer. He also asked his mum to take him to buy guns, which she did. So after getting two shotguns, he videotaped himself duct taping the grips, which is exactly what Eric Harris did. And he named both his shotguns Mackenzie and Rachel, and the names of two of his Ember Ghost Squad characters. He made videos and wrote in his journal, and as he continued to plan. So also, that's another thing that um, Eric Harris did was name his, his weapons as well. So it's another inspiration from uh, Colin Biden there as well. But also, and I know obviously America, very different gun laws here, and I'm going to be careful with what I say. Mum, can I go and buy some guns? Comes back with two shotguns. Is that, that's not normal. As Ben said, we are not gun guys. Yeah. Never claim to be gun guys. If you've seen the White House farm murder episode, we're very much not gun guys. But yeah, I would have thought you'd start with a pistol. Yeah. yeah. Not a shotgun. Two shotguns. Yeah. There's a video of him as well shooting the guns. Yeah. He's not filming it himself as well. And there's a female voice. There, yeah. Yeah. I can't help but think that must be his mum. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point because I can't think of anyone else that it could be unless mm. he, unless it was one of his fans or one of his uh, what that one female friend that kind of drifted away from. But even then, I haven't I'm, seen I'm, you in ten years. But come around, I'm going to shoot some guns. Yeah, and he is he is heavily mocked in a lot of the the footage that still remains of him doing like target practice because again not a gun guy but shotguns have a lot of recoil very hard to control the aim of them and, and whatnot 
but he was particularly a poor shot. There are videos of him where they kind of fast forward a period of time where he shoots hundreds of rounds into this kind of like range of bottles. And I think he gets like three bottles in 100 shots or something. So he was, he was regarded as, because he's quite a skinny, slim, slender, lanky guy mm. as well. So he didn't have a lot of control of the guns anyway. Yeah, wait a bit behind it. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he's been widely mocked by kind of the firearms community about his aim and how good of a shot was Randy Stair. His, his gunmanship. Yes. Yeah. Mr. Gatorade. Can't miss. This is my last one. That's it. Alright, this camera could stop rolling at any time. But um I love it. M's great. Uh kicks a little harder than Rachel, but you get used to it. Uh, my hand was like really sore after like a few of those and then with time it actually doesn't hurt as bad which is crazy um it just comes in short bursts but um this gun's amazing so on the 25th of april 2017 randy posted the eight minute video fate by coin flip on his youtube channel having finally decided to die by suicide yeah this clip is very he talks about things so casually in it um and he's obviously he's made up his mind and it seems to be at this point he's gone past the point of return definitely definitely so a very very poignant moment in the clip randy took a coin and announced to his viewers that everything would come down to the results of a best two of three series of coin flips if it turned out heads he'd do it here meaning that he would do it at home and if tails won he'd carry out a massacre at the supermarket where he worked. He then exited the house where he lived with his parents and documented the entire process, which had Tails winning out on the very last coin flip. So when I first saw it, I couldn't work out, has he just filmed a series of coin flips and staged it to be dramatic and make it the very last one? Well, he's done it all in one take, hasn't he? Exactly. So it, 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 it's such a bizarre set of circumstances. The only way you'd do it, if he wanted to fake it. Come on, double-sided coin. There's that. Or, hard to get hold of properly. Uh, you get two coins, put them on the floor, and just flick it near it. Have one on tails all the time and bring the camera. Because he brings he brings the camera from the tripod down to where the coin is to show it. And then it goes back again. Yeah. Then he flicks the next one and does it again. So just if you had multiple coins on the floor around there, tails. Yeah. Or, but, you, or your garden had a, f a water fountain and a lot of people missed. Many water, wishes. water fountains and gardens have coins in there? Um, I'm sure your dad wouldn't be happy if you're throwing coins in the koi, koi yeah. cup pond. Really hard to say. Dan, if your pond was full of coins... Uh, I need the money right now, so... All right, well, yeah. if anyone comes around Dan's garden when he's asleep, lug a coin in there. Cheers. This is the supermarket where he worked at. He wasn't very happy there. Um, he had previously worked at McDonald's and he hated the shift there after three hours. He quit and left. Yeah. And his dad at this stage was apparently, you know, he needs to pay his way. He's at this age now. He needs to pay his way. Yeah, they wanted to, to eventually get him out of the house. They yeah. wanted him to have a career. So as well, his dad worked at this supermarket in question and he got him a job there. So, you know, he couldn't, you know, leave there and quit there as, as quickly. Obviously, it was a lot more awkward and whatnot so this supermarket he, he resented working there he didn't like working there basically yeah is he was saying I'm, if, this, if i get this coin flip on the heads i will kill myself at home no other, no other victims or if i if it's tails i'll go to the supermarket and i'll commit a massacre got a 1983 quarter right here you believe in fate here's the fate test i'm gonna flip this three times or the best out of three rather and 
if it's heads, I'll do it here. If it's tails, supermarket. So there has been with that that particular coin flip some conjecture around if he had landed heads whether he would have um, taken his, his parents and younger brother's life with him as well after revealing the results randy warned his viewers that his attempt to let fate dictate his next move would end with the loss of human life besides his own so yeah as well it's frivolous very two-faced doesn't it the clip of the coin it's very batman so it's very important for Randy to, for his audience to know that the video was unedited. Like we said, it would be continuously one take. He didn't want to at all to be any suggestion that he was faking it. There are some arguments online as to the legitimacy of the uh, fate side and outcome. Firstly, it has been suggested that the video had been filmed more than once until uh, Randy got his desired outcome. And there's also a phrase, tails never fail. And apparently this is because a lot of sports teams use tails because it seems to be more successful in the, in the coin flip. I thought it was 50-50. Well... You were wrong. Yeah, so either way, people were saying online, you know, it worked out. He wanted to go down this route. He wanted to go down the same kind of route of taking other people with him. So they think that he must have faked it. Yeah. No, there's never going to be any way of proving that. Didn't think of the idea of filming it multiple times as well. If it's all one long take, yeah, I guess. It'd be a long day until you got the result you wanted. Or, you know, if he did get it first time, you know. Then you didn't film it multiple times. Well, exactly. In his videos, Randy also said that he wanted the shooting to end on aisle one because it reminds him of Columbine. There are also references to his boss, who he views as miserable and better off dead. So that boss, sorry, that boss isn't his dad. Yes, um, yeah, just to clarify yeah, just, that. Yeah, his dad did work the way. It wasn't his boss in that particular way. So there's one particular boss he, he absolutely didn't get on with. He also referenced another worker at the supermarket who he viewed as, it was a, a war veteran, and we'll, we'll talk about him uh, a little bit later in the timeline, but he wanted to end his life as quickly as possible because he felt he had, the man in question had already been through enough. So some it's, it's weird when there's some form of empathy when talking yeah. about killing them. So on the 5th of June 2017, Randy posts on social media, I'm so ready to die, two more fun nights and that's it. I've officially accepted that Wednesday night will be the death of me. Everything around me seems to have faded away. It's felt as if I'm the last soul alive on this planet for the last week. I see people but they feel like an illusion. I've never felt so distant from society and I love it. So the 7th of June 2017, Randy posted a video titled Supermarket Tour June 7th, the day before the shooting, which showed him walking around the supermarket where he worked, filming the different exits of the building. This is obviously all part of his planning process as well. Randy wrote in his journal that he originally planned his attack for September 7th, likely to connect to the lyrics from the song Remember, which is the song he was trying to chase down earlier on, which the lyrics were, It was, it was September, wind blow, the dead leaves fall, to you I did surrender, two weeks you didn't call yes he was trying to link in with that he decided to set the date earlier because he didn't want to live anymore and also became concerned that if he waited any longer the risk of getting caught would become greater so we're going to arrive now at the the night of uh, of the shooting itself but one thing that again he's been very active on social media very active on youtube facebook twitter one thing that was really building up and agitating him inside was the fact that he had never made it as well in his early youtube career he had a few kind of highlight moments he got he got a couple of viral videos he got a shout out by ray william johnson there's a really sweet video where he becomes a youtube partner and that's basically where you can monetize the content and he's thinking oh, i'm actually making it in something we want to do and he seems very elated and seems very happy so one of the rare yeah. moments you see him genuinely being happy in the video yeah i think 
he was like, oh, things are going to be different. I can do all this stuff. And then, sadly, it didn't go the way he wanted to. And then he's been very dejected. Yeah, and there's a real clear contrast in his final videos where he's berating his animators, he's berating uh, the voiceover artists that he had hired on not following through on timeframes for for his animations and his his Ember's Ghost Squad episodes. But also he'd felt very frustrated and burnt out in that YouTube wasn't a a feasible way for him to to have a career and that he felt like people had lost interest in him, which he had made furious by. So he's amassed all this frustration. So we arrive at the night of June 7th, 2000. 17. June 7th, 2017, 10.52pm. Randy arrives at Weiss Market for his scheduled night shift, which starts at 11pm. So he begins his shift as normal, but quickly after starting, decides to block some of the exit and entry doors. He starts with the emergency door next to the manager's office. His colleagues Victoria Brong, Brian Hayes and Terry Lee Sterling were all on shift with him in the evening. Another thing to note here, before he did this, he killed off his characters, the frog and the, uh, the whale, um, in a video, he, and he stabbed them with a knife and did it, made it very bloody, which is very escalation within the videos himself. And he actually impaled one of his fingers, or he cut one of his fingers quite badly, and he actually required surgery in a bunch of times, which, which left the finger being constantly bent. But I heard somewhere that's one of the reasons why he's been put on night shifts, which, which he quite liked. But I'm not sure why a bent finger would mean you do night shifts. It now goes into the next day, the 8th of June 2017, two past midnight. Randy sent a series of tweets from one of his Twitter accounts, Mackenzie West, saying, I wish you all could have gotten to know her like I do, but that's the way it's got to be. I'm sorry, Earth, but we all need to go now. Andrew Blaze was a great person to talk or be around. She always tried her best, even when she knew it wouldn't end the way she wanted. To all the loving, caring, beautiful people in the world, I hope you can find it in your hearts to forgive me. I robbed you of an angel. Things happen for a reason, good or bad, but I'm so sorry that things have to end like this. I speak for all of us when I say that. I hope we are able to get you through the day. I always hate goodbyes, but it's more like see you later. Thank you, Mackenzie. He posts off these different accounts and then yeah, likes because people don't know this is reflected in real life. They think it's just a character. It's all, you know, fiction. The darker meaning behind it was lost on a lot of people. Definitely. So seven minutes later at nine minutes past midnight, Randy released the Embers Ghost Squad video Westborough High Massacre on his channels and social media accounts. After five months of trying to piece together his final video, it was finally ready. And after blaming the animators for the missing shots, the video presents the Ember Ghost Squad seeking revenge on Westborough High School. The massacre is interrupted at points by homemade videos of Randy showing off his firearms, showing a small tour of his workplace and explaining his future actions. So so with this particular case, the photos of Randy and with his weaponry, and because this was one of the first things we came across as well, we did like a, an Instagram post about mm him about a year ago but it's unbelievable when you see him posing with the guns and he's very inspired by Columbine yeah it's not just a couple of images there are dozens of different ones with him doing different poses to the camera with and without weapons it's, it's kind of like he's playing a character isn't it like yeah. he has been throughout this whole kind of time he's been playing characters as Blaze and whatnot but even the videos of him kind of playing with the guns that's very much reminiscent of Columbine as well with the footage of them Preston yeah it's very um yeah, dark. So the video itself was 42 minutes long and seemed to make reference to hate group leader Fred Phelps of the Westboro Baptist Church, but as well as the Columbine shooters. In the video, which has since been taken down, Randy describes Columbine high school shooters Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold as heroes and kissing a loaded shotgun. 
Randy also released videos titled Suicide Tapes shortly after. So in these tapes, um, Randy explained his deep-vented anger towards his father, like we mentioned earlier. Whilst he held some hatred towards his mother too, most of his frustrations came from his dealings with his father, who he accused of berating him. You can imagine, like, seeing those videos of his dad, like, after all this has happened, and I imagine blaming himself a little bit, which is obviously not, not right, but yeah, I can imagine that being a horrible, horrible scene. So ten past midnight, Randy sent out links to multiple files and videos which detailed his plans via his Twitter account. These files were labelled journal, suicide tapes and digital set. So one minute later, on the Twitter account for Andrew Blaze, Randy tweeted out, Goodbye humans, I'll miss you. 37 minutes past midnight, Randy goes outside to his car and he sends a text message to his mother, apparently discussing journals he kept and how he wanted his remains disposed of. Randy also reportedly told his mother to remove internal hard drives from his computer before selling them. He then blocks the bakery's emergency exit door with his car. He puts on black eyeliner and black lipstick, presumably to look more like Ember. He takes off his red work shirt, leaving him with a specially ordered shirt which he had on underneath, with the phrase, it's our time to rise, written on it. He drops the red work shirt close to the car and takes the shotguns and ammunition out from the back of the car. A later autopsy would reveal that, uh, as well as the custom uh, clothing that Randy had made, he also had female underwear underneath. So four minutes later, at 41 minutes past midnight, Randy re-enters the store by the main entrance and blocks it. He approaches and shoots Victoria Brong, a 26-year-old mother, twice in the back. Christian Newell is listening to music with headphones on. She hears far-off gunshots and turns to Victoria, who is working nearby, to ask what the sound was. But she sees her lying on the floor. Christian turns around and sees Randy with a shotgun pointed at her. She and Randy look at each other for a few seconds before Randy moves on. She hides in the aisle between cash desks while Randy makes his way into the bakery section and shoots Terry Sterling twice in the back. Some questions have been raised as to why Randy looked to Kristen and didn't actually go on to shoot her, and some believe it's because with the eye contact there, it all felt too real and he could no longer go on with killing her. All of this that we're reading off in the timeline now has been backed up by the CCTV yeah. footage, which will obviously never be released. But it's absolutely chilling the fact that they would state on all of these victims, he would stand behind them for quite a, a period of yeah, time as well, in, almost in a bit of a trance. And yeah, um, Kristen obviously turns to see him pointing a gun there. And for whatever reason, Randy doesn't go through with it. Yeah. So in previous episodes, I think it was the um, Richard Chase episode, we talked about the McDonald triad. So the triad itself links to cruelty to animals, um, a fondness for starting fires and consistently wetting the bed. And I know this is a very particular triad, but we never saw any of these traits with Randy in his childhood. He wasn't, although there was some kind of mild bullying and, and a lack of social inclusion, he didn't he didn't go through too much torment externally. He was obviously dealing with a lot of inner demons, and it's just escalated, 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 escalated. I mean, obviously, we're playing devil's advocate here. Maybe some things weren't pointed out. I mean, his parents, in theory, missed some points that he was trying to make. Uh, maybe some things weren't thought as being relevant to to kind of deal with this. So at 44 minutes past midnight, Kristen flees the store using the main entrance to the market. The, the entrance was blocked and she had to forcefully open that because it's blocked with a pallet, but she was she did manage to get out. You can just kind of imagine how scary that is having someone walking around the store, your other colleague has just been shot and you're trying to make your way out with the door blocked. She calls 911, hiding behind a bush and hears more gunshots whilst waiting for the police to arrive. At some point, Randy shot some propane tanks inside the store to try and make them explode. They didn't. So that could be following on from what Ben said about Ember with the kind of glow. The idea of making that explode and him dying with the flames could perhaps be because he thinks that would bring him closer to Ember. Uh, Randy also shoots Brian Hayes, his boss, 
a main target five times before turning the shotgun on himself. Responding to the 911 call, police went inside and found all four people dead. Randy's body was found next to a black shotgun with pistol grip and spent ammunition within arm's reach of his body. Two people who worked with Randy on his cartoons were sent messages less than an hour before the killing saying that he was going to be dead. One of them contacted the police department and later found out what Randy had done via news reports, which again you can just imagine they've been dealing with him for months and months dealing with this project probably like you know phone calls and everything like that and it was getting quite heated towards the end as mm. well he'd, be, he'd berate them and, and claim that he'd paid money for a service that wasn't delivered and also that that end scene as well he was obsessed with there's a very famous image of the Columbine shooters after they'd taken their own lives and he wanted to create a similar image he wanted that scene of himself to make similar similar stirs similar headlines um, which we'll, we'll go on to talk about but he was obsessed with that end scene when police searched randy's home they found seven boxes of 12 gauge shotgun ammunition shooting goggles ear protectors a shotgun buttstock and an owner's manual they took his journals his drawings and his computer hard drives police commented that the video references that his boss at work is miserable and that he's better off dead randy relates that he will put him out of his misery and the autopsy as well as it revealing that randy had uh, female underwear on at the time of the shooting also revealed a massive amount of benadryl in his system as well which is an allergy relief but also it can be used to treat insomnia and at high doses especially can have some quite interesting side effects yeah apparently it can be quite dreamlike state so you know it maybe could be even a further way of distance himself from the actual acts so that's it for the timeline i'm going to go into a bit of the aftermath now look at some of the kind of what happened after these killings took place but before we look at the aftermath of randy stare we're going to throw to our resident doctor dr das to give us a bit more insight into randy's state of mind hello everybody my name is dr shaham das i'm a consultant forensic psychiatrist and this is my psychoanalysis of the randy stare case so let's look at some of the factors of Randy's childhood and his adolescence and his background. We know that he was obsessed with the with a character from a Nickelodeon cartoon. We know that he idolised the Columbine high school shooters. We know that he went out of his way to make quite disturbing animated uh, videos. And also his English teacher said that he used to write stories and essays where the main character often came to some kind of grisly death. On top of all that, we know through some of his videos that Randy Stare had had issues with uh, gender dys dysphoria, so he wasn't fully comfortable with the body that he was born into. We also know that he was bullied. So I think he probably had some feelings of inadequacy and inferiority related to his gender dysphoria. So he wasn't happy in himself. There's even chat that he talked with suicide and he was quite preoccupied with suicide and with death in general. So I suppose a sensible question would be, is he psychotic? So another way to say that is, did Randy Stare fully believe that what was going on in this cartoon world was true? And I think my answer to that would be no. I don't think he was psychotic. I think he had just a really strong sense of fantasy. Just to give you a bit of uh, inf educational information, if somebody's in psychosis, it's a temporary period where they're out of touch of reality. So they might hear voices, for example, or they might have delusions like paranoid delusions, fixed, unshakable beliefs. Whereas I think for Randy, it was more about fantasies. I think he was really preoccupied with this cartoon world. And I think another big element is the fact that he got some success and some support in his YouTube videos. So he would put out these dark and disturbing videos and he would have comments, he would have fans. Whereas most people who do warped, slightly odd behavior, 
their feedback from the rest of society is, is don't do that. That's a bit strange. Whereas I think the opposite happened. So his fans on YouTube, they just saw it as, as quite a, a cool, gothic, morbid fascination with death rather than understanding that his mental state was unravelling. So let's look at his fascination with death and with the afterlife and with you know morbid things like suicide. I don't think that in itself is necessarily a problem. So goths, for example, have those kind of preoccupations. Horror writers might do, um, you know, people that get skull tattoos. So that in itself isn't a problem, but it's when you mix it with everything else. You mix it with depression, you mix it with uh, suicidality, you mix it with this fascination for high school killers. All of these things combined, I think, are a dangerous combination. The other thing that we know about Randy Stare is that I think he was clinically depressed. And the reason that I say that is because he expresses a lot of negative cognitions in his videos. So he talks about this lack of this lack of motivation, a lack of progress in life. He talks about not enjoying activities, which in psychiatric terms we call anhedonia. It's a classic sign of depression. The other thing that really strikes me about Randy Stare is on top of all of that, I think he had quite a high degree of narcissism. So he spoke about his own videos as if they were masterpieces. He put a lot of time and effort into them. And I think that narcissism was fed by his YouTube followers and his fans and the positive comments that he got from a lot of his videos. So I hope you found that interesting. If you're interested in this kind of topic, which is basically true crime and mental illness and the crossover, then you've got to go check out my YouTube channel, A Psych for Sore Minds. I psychoanalyze high profile cases like this. My day job is a consultant forensic psychiatrist. So I assess mentally disordered offenders in prisons and in courts and in locked psychiatric units. But anyway, that's enough from me. Let's get back to this case. Back to you, Tom and Ben. So thank you very much, Dr. Das. And if you haven't already, why not subscribe to his channel, A Psych for Sore Minds? Uh, you will not regret it. So obviously they've got his hard drive, they've got his journals, they've got his videos, and he's left a very prominent social media footprint in his final hours on Earth. So obviously we talked about the final tweet, goodbye humans, I'll miss you. But in one of the videos that police were quick to analyse, there were two particular videos, in fact, that were regarded as the suicide videos. Randy would state, All souls are fair game. I'm so ready to die. Two more fun nights and that's it. I've officially accepted that Wednesday night will be the death of me. I've never felt so distant from society and I love it. To answer an extremely important question, I'm not just ending my life, I will be ending the lives of others as well. He would also tweet and post uh, statuses on Facebook to say, be on the lookout for headlines pertaining to Tunkanook. I've been planning to do this for at least three to four months. So obviously in the build-up to this, he was very, although he hadn't achieved a set level of fame in his YouTube career, he very much viewed himself as kind of the anti-hero and he felt he would kind of achieve a certain level of notoriety or infamy as the Columbine shooting, which... At the time, it definitely didn't do that. So at the time, the story was overshadowed by the firing of James Comey, who was then the director of the FBI. Although the the outlets in Pennsylvania did cover this extensively, it didn't get the kind of coverage you imagine Randy actually wanted. Even the videos before he did this, he was kind of saying to his mum how, you know, sell the posters. He's, he's, he's like signed to the posters in the back to make sure that so people know that they're legit. As if it's not even a question whether or not he's going to be famous or infamous after this. It's, it's just a case of, well, obviously, people want my stuff. Keep the journals and sell them. You keep the journals and sell them. Sell my artwork. Don't do this. You know, make sure you do this. He's talking in a very kind of, it's just a very odd way. He, yeah, he's just so openly discussing these things. Yeah. Another thing to mention was, although he wasn't sexually active and he didn't actually enjoy discussing um, sexual things with his peers, he would masturbate in class while in high school. And somehow that went unnoticed. 
So Randy did comment a considerable amount of times as well that he didn't want to live past 30. He saw just he's, it's him citing his dad as well. If you don't like your job, quit your job. You know, you're unhappy in your work. He's like, I don't end up, I don't end up like that. I don't want to work in a dead-end job. Being unhappy, I want to do my thing. Um, he kind of made that very clear. Uh, I think that as well, that's also pushing him towards wanting to end things and be where he felt like his true self would be. So Randy Stair was 24 uh, years old at the time of the shooting and taking his own life. His victims were Victoria Brong, who was 26, Brian Hayes, who was 47, and Terry Lee Sterling, who was 63. Of the events, a Weiss Markets spokesperson said, We are deeply saddened by the events of this morning. The safety of our associates, our customers and the surrounding community is our top priority. Becky Hayes, the sister-in-law of victim Brian Hayes, set up a GoFundMe campaign to pay for immediate expenses. EGS World, the YouTube channel, was removed due to the upload of the Westboro Hill Massacre video, but the videos were recovered by other sites for historic purposes. Amongst the discs recovered by the police from Randy's home was a video message to his parents. He said he thought about death for years and never imagined he would live this long. So Randy also sent a suicide note slash text to his mother before the shootings. However, she was asleep and did not read it until the next day. Oh. Um, I mean, even if she did read it, like, I'm sure she's plagued with guilt by the time. I mean, he blocked the doors. He had the gun in his hand. I think no matter what, he was going to take his life. A day after the attacks, Randy's father, Robert, offered his, his condolences to those involved. Our thoughts and prayers are with the victims and their families. We are so sorry for all the pain and loss of life this has caused everyone involved. And of the supermarket itself, so the original storefront stayed intact, but the interior was gutted and remodelled with a new floor layout. July of 2017, the store was actually reopened, and there was kind of a little bit of controversy about this. Many people who lived in the area questioned why uh, Weiss decided not to relocate the store. However, a representative of Weiss stated that the evil man who did this would have wanted them to move and would have wanted people to be scared and not want to go in the store after what he did. So Wyoming County District Attorney Jeff Mitchell explains Randy's situation as a mental health situation that utterly spiralled out of control. There are no easy answers as to how to help people feel comfortable enough to speak out and address their mental health issues. People often feel ashamed or refuse to acknowledge a problem exists. There's also a quite long letter online that he sent to Laura Flaverty, who was the voice of uh, Rachel Shadows in the Embers Ghost Squad. And apparently she said that she never saw Randy do anything like this. Obviously, all the content was quite dark anyway, but she just thought that was part of you know, what he was into. But she also states that this was just another paid job, but she didn't see any red flags at all from him. Mm. Um, I'm sure if she did, she would have obviously contacted the police beforehand. So in terms of doing the research for this episode, obviously there's tons of content available online. Reddit is full of information about Randy Stair. There's some conspiracies attached to that as well. Um, but it's the first case that we've ever researched where I've got part of my research from the website knowyourmeme.com. I was trying to work out in my head, would Randy have been happy about this or not? But he's very present as a meme online these days. He's not quite got the kind of, you know, we've, we've done Columbine and uh, James Holmes and Elliot Roger where they've got a bit of a cult following and they've got yeah. sympathizers. You don't find that as much online for Randy Stay. You definitely find people who feel sorry for him and sympathize for him, but you don't have people that are kind of enamored by him and in love with him. There have been a lot of memes made out of him. And I, yeah, in my head, I can't work out if he'd be quite happy to be a I meme think or not quite dark sense of humor as well so i think mm. i think you probably would have got a kick from that so that is the case of randy stair the danny phantom killer we're going to do what we normally do now is a bit of light relief at the end there with some lookalikes before we do that Ooh. this has obviously been a slightly different case but very different compared i can't really 
compare it to any other cases we've covered so far. So what I wanted to do was find out what producer Dan made of that case. Oh, wow. It's, uh, to be honest with you, very, very sad. Some of the quotes that you read out by him obviously show a very dark side to him. And like you said, maybe some flags were missed very early on by the folks. I don't know if that's fair to say or not. It's, it's one of those really hard ones with hindsight, isn't it? Because you feel like as well, especially because he was kind of highlighting them as that they are missing flags. Yeah. But would you really think that your son using a, a girl's razor was a red flag? But yeah, when we were growing up, we were wearing skinny jeans and girls' jeans and whatnot. That that wasn't a red flag. So I, I kind of think, yeah, like you said, Dan, it's, it's hard to know whether or not they were, you know, and with hindsight, it's such, it's such a uh, helpful thing for looking at those things. But we're going to look at our lookalikes now. And Ben said before we started filming today that this is possibly his rogue shout yet. Yeah. Which I think's going to be bloody rogue if it's his rogue shout yet. All right, so we've got three. First one is, I don't think Randy Stair would look out of place in a clockwork orange. So that's not a lookalikey, but... Uh, my worst shout ever, I think he looks like a young Shaggy Rogers from Scooby-Doo. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad, isn't it? I mean... Okay. Clockwork Orange is good though. But that's not. Are you saying he's a lookalike or what? Because you can't just yeah. say he can be part of a gang. Well, what's his name? Michael McDowell. Michael Yeah. There you go. From Clockwork. Okay. I mean, that's not a bad shout. And then finally, I'm going for, and this is just, I think, an actor that would play him very, very well. I'm paying a bit of a compliment to Randy Stair here, I think. But Michael Pitt from Boardwalk Empire and from Murder by Numbers with Ryan Gosling and Sandra Bullock. Yeah, I said they were bad this week. That's not a lookalike in any way, shape, or form. I, can't, I don't know if I'm on the right guy here. It's Michael not, Pitt. Michael it, Pitt, yeah. A, a, a very pretty looking guy. That's the worst shout you've ever done. I think you could play him quite well. That's essentially you saying this isn't a good lookalike. He looks more like the Kings, Kings of Leon singer on the left. Yeah, that's a good shout. So we're going to go with uh, a Clockwork Orange uh, featuring Randy Stair because my other two shouts were... We're poor. I really struggled. He has got a face that I probably should have had more looky like he's for, but I've, I'm going to go with Clockwork Orange. Yeah, mine are much better, but my first one <laughs> is the lead singer of The Front Bottoms, which is a pretty bad shout. Brian Seller. He could be his older brother. There's something about those two pictures there. Again, I'm not overly happy with my shouts. My second one is a bit better. A younger version of Perry Grayson, the artist. Again, it's not my best shout either. I found him very hard. Uh, it's more the bo- okay, yeah. it's more a boy's bobble haircut is quite similar to Perry Grayson at times. It's quite similar to Shaggy from Scooby Doo at times, as well. Sometimes. What cartoon? Um, Clockwork Orange, I think, wins <laughs> for the week. Um, but then I think you lose it because of the last one was such a bad. Yeah, show. That, um, that's fair enough. Yeah. So Michael Platt. That Pitt, is Michael Pitt. I don't even know how that got into your head. Just, I think he plays in the Murder by Numbers movie as well. He plays quite a similar sort of character to. to so look alike, wise. Nothing well, like the him. haircut. Because this isn't. This isn't. Like, this isn't plays like, like oh, this, this one there and that one there. This isn't. This isn't a plays a similar character in the film. It's a look alike. He's literally in the name. But yeah, yeah. I'll probably say Clockwork Orange probably does wing, but uh, progressively so. Anyway, here I've we got are. one. Go on. Oh, my cousin Tom. <laughs> See, I've got someone I know who looks like him. Go on then. Well, my cousin Tom. I don't know who your cousin Tom is. Let's see a photo of your cousin Tom. Please let us know your lookalikes though, because um, we've struggled. So yeah, really there'll definitely be better ones in the comments section, 100%, I'm sure. 100%. So that is the case of Randy Stair, the Danny Phantom Killer. 
If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to give us a like and a sub on YouTube. And if you listen to us on audio, you can now rate us on iTunes as well as on Spotify. There's yeah. a new thing on Spotify now where you can do stars. We'd love to see those numbers going up. It really does help get our name out there. We also have some lovely, exciting new items in our store, as we mentioned, and you can find that over at icmap.store. We literally ramshack the, uh, the stock yeah. we, earlier. Just we're... take one of everything, please. <laughs> yes, please. Dad's like, not all of it. We're like, ah! <laughs> No, I'll, I'll fit into it. If we just, I will. <laughs> yeah, some exciting new stuff and, and more to come as well. We're always bubbling away with little ideas. Definitely, definitely. And if you haven't already and you want to stay in the loop with all things I Could Murder a Podcast, please do follow us on Instagram, Twitter or Facebook. Instagram we're very active on, Twitter we're very active on and Facebook is just a lovely a lovely community. The community over there, I say it every week. They're just kicking off. They'll casually go, hey, where's that coming out? And I'm like, all right, mate, it's just, a, thanks, Tom. All right, all best. Love, lovely bit back and forth there you go but that following us over there also will give you a chance we're going to do an episode case vote at some point for this series probably later on but uh, you'll be able to vote for us on uh, vote for a case that you want to see on instagram so at could murder a pod yes and if 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 this hasn't quite itched the scratch you're like oh Mm. i still want to itch and get some more podcasts from these boys uh we also have a patreon where we basically do a, a minnesota every week also a new series in there true crime news mm. as well over there which we do um once every month so roughly 60 episode over, over there it works out about a quid a, a week so we want to head over there and support us in another way yeah and there are video you know all the 60 episodes over there they're available as video episodes they're available as audio episodes you can do what you want with them and all support on there really really supports the channel and we really really appreciate it so yeah thank you so much everybody all the new subscribers followers lovely people sharing feedback we really really appreciate it and if you if you just can't wait until next week's episode we have got a bunch of additional episodes if you can't wait you need to work on your patience really yeah well that's that goes without saying do you know what i mean I know what you mean. People now just want things now. Instant gratification. When I was growing up, a TV series was on once a week. You had to wait and to see what happened with Superman Lois Lane. But now you get the whole series on Netflix. And that is what's wrong. Nah, seriously. If you want to go on a Patreon, there's, there's nearly 60 episodes on there, yeah. Ben. Yeah. Only a quid, 100 pennies a week. Yeah. Speaking of 100, 60 episodes on Patreon. This is technically the 40th main channel episode. Oh. We have reached 100 pieces but we have, of content. We're nearly at 60 episodes. I think by now. I don't think we are. Well, the Christmas quiz and a little outtakes reel. Well, the, the quiz is on here and on there, well, so it counts twice. Okay. We're almost at 100, which is further than I think all three of us thought it would get. So From being back in your house, yeah. in Leeds, dogs walking about, just yeah. doing what they wanted anywhere. And now we're here. <laughs> so, yeah, thank you so much for considering to support us. Thank you so much for watching the episode or listening to the episode, wherever you are today or tonight or this morning or this afternoon or this evening uh, we appreciate it so so much thank you very much to producer Dan thank you very much to Tom thank you very much to Dr Das and a big big thank you to me um, we made it we're wrapping up and we're ending strong we're ending heavy we're if you're ending- listening to it in the afternoon obviously right outside it's snowy down south just make sure you enjoy yourself and have a proper good time with it. there you go yeah yeah, a thank you to Gully Garms. Yes, big thank you. For yes. dressing us with and, these clothes. Uh, manscaped as well, keeping us tidy. <laughs> I like what you always say. We say this all the time. Keep uh, doing uh, what you're doing. Well, unless... Uh, That's offensive. Unless it's doing the accent. Were you, were you doing as See ya. All the best. Two pip. When will you learn?
Sorry, Sorry about it. You have been listening to I Could Murder a Podcast, written and presented by Tom Norris and Ben Carter, produced and mixed by Dan Lambert at Boston Sound. Additional research and timelines written by Danielle St. Romain. Artwork and animation by Phil Wooten and theme song by Alfie Indra. If you've enjoyed this episode, please remember to subscribe on YouTube and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Just search at Pod. For additional and exclusive content, please check out our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Pod. 